So, you have a spot in your house that is where the family gathers? Like, it's where a real conversation happens. For us, we remodeled our house, and in remodeling our house, we uh, took the, the island, and we totally ripped it off from somebody else's design, but took the end and made it round so that you could, you could get more seating around the end so we could all fit around the island comfortably um, as a family. And one of the things we noticed is that, that in doing that, what we hoped would happen actually happened. That, that conversations happened naturally because I don't know about you, but the kitchen is a space where I don't know why we just gather. Um, and so we, we try to capitalize on that and go, okay, what if, what if we, it's just a place where we all fit so it's not awkward that way and, and we can just talk. And it's happened. And, and there's more tears shed there and there's, there's more laughter and there's more in that little space and, and there's more conversations about life beyond like the house and, and it's become a real natural spot. But family conversations are important. And, and, and today, we're just, we're going to have a family conversation. Um, today is, is about us, the, the people that God has put here, um, the people that call Heights home. This, this is our family conversation. And it's going to sound an awful lot like a monologue because I'm going to do all the talking, but it's a conversation, I promise you. Um, and so we're going to dive into, hopefully this works. It worked earlier. Let's do it again. No pun intended. Yeah. And y'all are like, what's it supposed to be? Um, No, Siri, I don't need help, but thanks. (laughs) There we go. Um, We're going to have a conversation this morning. About us, about you, and about Pastor Ron. So, because the room just got real serious, look at your neighbor and go, it's about us, it's about you, and it's about Pastor Ron. I love that person. Whoever that was, I love you. Um, okay, here's the deal. So, so we're going to have first have a conversation about us. So when we talk about us, if you remember last week, we talked about um, Peter, and, and there was a moment in John 21 when uh, Peter ends up around a fire pit with Jesus. And, and around that fire pit, Jesus gives Peter something very specific in John, John 21, 16, he gives him a specific word. And that word that he gives to Peter is to tend, take care of, shepherd my people, the flock, the flock being those that would come in, which is us, those that would come in by the grace of God into this thing called church. Um, you remember shortly before this, Jesus had said to Peter, um, Peter, on, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, some say that that was the confession of Peter, that Jesus was the Christ. Others, um, and I choose, I choose to believe it, that, that what he was saying is, Peter, you're going to be fundamental in the establishing of the church. That, that Peter became the apostle to the Jewish people, to the Jews. And, and so Peter played a major role in, in the gospel going forward to many, many people. But before that happened, at the fire pit, um, Jesus gives him a word to take care, take care of my people. Um, that, that take care is to lead them, to shepherd them, to, to care for the needs of 
Um, the, the, the Greek word captures so much that then Peter holds on to that. At the same time, there's another guy in the New Testament, Paul. And Paul in the book of Acts, the, the church is growing and Paul begins to persecute the church. Jesus meets him on a road. Paul meets Jesus, gets saved. And in the midst of figuring out, God, what are you up to? What are you doing with me? Paul realizes and God tells him, hey, Paul, you're going to go to the Gentiles. So, so you have the entire world covered with two people and, and, and what they were about. And so now these two, two gentlemen, Paul, Peter and Paul, become instrumental in setting up what we know as the church. And, and so in the, context, in the context that you find um, with Peter, when, when God begins to talk, when Jesus talks about on you, I'm going to build the church on this rock, I'm going to build the church. Peter's, Peter's name meant rock, that what you find in that, when he says that, the word church there, ecclesia, is what it is in the Greek, that word is talking about an assembly of people. That word is talking about a group of people that would step into relationship with Jesus, that through the shed blood of Christ and through faith in that would become what God determines as his gathering of people, his family. And when the family gathers together, um, we call that church. And it's a group of people that are surrendered, if you like, to the rule and reign of God. That, that through the blood of Jesus have come into relationship with him and said, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender to your way and, your, uh, and what you have. And, and so in the midst of this, then you, you have these guys that, that as they go out, the church is growing and they begin to establish what does leadership look like in the church. And so in Titus, if you have a Bible, turn to Titus chapter one, but Titus chapter one and verse five, you have Paul now. Remember, Paul's taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul begins to tell Timothy on the island of Crete, hey, Timothy, this is what I want you to do. So in, in verse five, it says, the reason I left you in Crete, so, so Paul talking to Timothy, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might, you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint, and appoint, sorry, he's talking to Titus, my bad, and appoint elders in every town, as I directed you. So he says, okay, okay, Titus, you're there, and your goal is that in every, <clears throat> every town or every city, I want you to appoint elders. I want you to put them in place. So, so wherever you find the gathering of the church, Paul goes, Titus, I need you to put these elders in place. Notice what elders are. Verse six, an elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So, so he says, okay, wherever you find the body of believers, Titus, you need, you need to find men that fit what we just read. You, you need to find this group of men that fit these qualifications. And when you find men that are, that are in line with the qualifications, I want you to appoint them, put them in place of 
of being elders within the body. An elder is, is by definition, um, a shepherd. An elder is someone who takes care of. And, And so now, so Paul's talking to Titus. He's saying that if you over in Peter, then Peter carries on as he's writing and he's writing to a whole bunch of churches and he begins to tell them, Hey, that word that Jesus gave me about taking care of his people and, and, and as he's writing, he says, I am an elder and I'm talking to the elders that are established. So now he's giving the roles for those elders. He takes that word that Jesus gave him of take care of my people and he hands it to, he hands it to the group of elders in place, the group of leaders in place. And he says, hey, take care, take care of God's. And, and this is what I love. Take care of God's flock. Okay. Take care of God's people. Here's why that's significant. I want to be really, really clear this morning that this is God's church. It is God's church. We are God's people. We don't belong to any one person. We don't belong to a group of people. The call on the church, the call on the elders is that we would take care of what? God's people. It is God's church. Um, later, Peter talks about Jesus as Jesus being the chief shepherd, meaning that Jesus is the head of the church. Ephesians talks about that Jesus is the head of church. Jesus is the senior pastor of the church, by the way. Jesus is the one that is leading this thing out. The elders are supposed to follow the leading of who? The leading of Jesus. And, and so in this context, it, it, he says, very specifically, he uses the same word that Jesus does, and he hands it now to the elders. He said, hey, I was told to do this, and I'm passing it on to trustworthy people. I'm passing it on to the elders of the church that are in place. Take care of God's people. Again, it's the same word, lead, shepherd, care for. Um, all come into that. So now what you have in Acts chapter 20, you have Peter now, or sorry, Paul, and Paul is writing specifically and he, he uses the same word. So you have the two people who are fundamental in establishing the church. The two people say the same thing. Take care of elders you are to take care of. Appoint elders, but elders you are to care for the leading of the church. Which brings us all the way down to us. At Heights Church. We have a group of men. We have a group of men that have served for a long time. Who, who match the qualifications. Who have walked through a, a season of making sure that be, hands weren't being laid fast. Making sure that as we walk through this. That there are elders in place that match the, quali- the biblical qualifications. But also men, men that... Are, and it talks about in other places of scriptures that are willing to do it. They're not being arms twisted going, we need elders. So come to, like, like they're willingly stepping in going, God has called me to serve in this way. And, and so for us, the first step is, okay, elders is a large pool. But then you can imagine out of, out of this elder pool, which by the way, it heights anyone who is a pastor is an elder. And anyone, anyone from that pool then can become what we call executive elders. All executive elders are this. That decision making is really hard to do on this level. So we break it down to a smaller group. And in that smaller group then, the conversations of here end up with decisions at the executive elder level. Now, my biggest fear with this Sunday is that we would get into this and it feels like a lecture. It's not supposed to be a lecture. 
The goal is that we would over-communicate today because what we are communicating as a church, the life of the church, is so important that we walk away with all hearing the same thing. And, and so this is the us portion. Second part was what? You. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the body of Christ. So, so you have elders, elders in their role, they're appointed, they sit in that role. Now, as, as the leaders of the church, now it's, when it talks about us, the body, we're put together by God. And in verse 12, it says, just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its parts may form one body. So it is with Christ. So, so what it's saying is just like your body has fingers and your body has ligaments and your body has lungs and they're all different. And you have feet, legs, so on and so on. It's all different. Uh, we get this pretty easy because if you look around the room, we're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're a lot different. Um, but it goes further than that going in the body of Christ because, because through Jesus's blood, he's put us into a family. He's put us into this gathering. And as this gathering, this gathering is a representation of the body of Christ. So what it's saying is though there are many parts, all those parts work together to represent Christ for we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink from. So now it talks about unity. That even though we're many parts, we're united by the same spirit. That even though you may sit in a room and we're as diverse as can be, we're united by the person of, of Jesus. And the spirit of Jesus brings unity. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And so then jump down to verse 27. Now you are, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You are, you are the body of Christ. And, and so this morning on the you section, I just want to ask you three questions. Who are you? Like, like we're, we're, we, we witnessed um, people going under the water who are identifying identifying and declaring, I am a part of the body of Christ. I, Jesus has saved me and I am identifying with him. Outwardly, I want everybody to know it. And, and so who are you today? Because if your answer is, I'm a part of the body of Christ, then, then the second question is, how are you wired? How are you uniquely wired today? What is the part that you play within the body? That, that, that when you look at, at God's planted you here, God has planted you uniquely with gifts. And that's what that whole chapter is talking about is gifts, spiritual gifts. But I think it goes beyond that to any talents that you've been given and anything that you have to bring to the body, it's going to be unique. And, and so the question is, what, how has God wired you? And then the last question in that is, what's your family role? That within the family, then, if you are a part of the body, then you have a function for the body. And I don't want to step on toes, but I'm going to. That if you're here and you answer the first question with, I'm a member of the body of Christ, I'm a member of this family, then my question for you is, are you fulfilling the role that God has for you? Are you stepping into what God has for you, the way you are wired, and you stepping into that role for him? Because here's what happens. We're a body, and when a foot chooses not to do what a foot does, it's awkward. 
You ever notice when your foot goes to sleep and you try and walk? It hurts. It's the same idea that we need each other. We're in this together. And so what's your role? What's your family role? And so I'm just being completely honest. Um, What I'm about to share with you, so we've done us, we've done you. What I'm about to share with you with Pastor Ron, um, it's born out of these questions. And everything you're going to hear this morning, um, I was on the phone with Pastor Ron last night. I've been on the phone. We've been walking this journey out for about a year and a half. Um, But first thing you need to know, because we need air back in the room, Pastor Ron's first day back in the office is March the 5th. Okay? Because some of you are looking at me like you lost your puppy dogs, and it's not good. Um, But Ron is coming back. But we knew, we knew, and if you've been close to Ron, that Ron has been asking questions going, I know the role that I'm in, but I don't think God has made me for that role. So, So Ron has been sitting in a sole lead pastor spot for about three years. And it was a season that he stepped into that I believe, I believe the season when it happened, that is what the church needed most. It needed somebody who could heal. It needed somebody who could restore, pull together. And so, and so within this family role then, now it's, as the church is moving forward and, and the, some health is coming and we're beginning to look at all these things going outward, Ron's going, my gift set is not to lead that. In fact, it's the other way. It's becoming toxic to me. It's, it's working the opposite way for me. And so he began a conversation about a year and a half ago with the executive elders. And at the executive elder level, it was, it was conversations around, um, I, I don't think the role that I'm in is right and we need to figure it out. And, and we kept holding him up and going, nah, you're just tired. Get some rest. It'll be okay. And, and, and it just kept, he just kept coming back to this, I'm not in the right spot. And so then when he entered sabbatical, we knew that when he came back, the role would be different. Now, again, all of this is, if, if you called Ron today, he's like, yeah, I'm in. Um, Ron's love for heights has never wavered. It's not been, he's going, oh, I got to figure out something. Ron is a hundred percent in love with you, in love with the church and is not going like, it's never been a thing of, is he going to leave? It's been a, the role has to change. And, And so in that context, then what's happened is the executive elders have been working hard at, at going through how do, we, how do we structure this thing that sets us up for the future, um, get Ron in a role that, that really is utilizing who, he, who God made Ron to be um, as part of the family, and how do, how do we make this work holistically, so to speak. So um, we, we began to look at it this way. Some of you were like, you looked at it, what? Um, we, began to, we began to look at a senior pastor role. And began to go, what is, what is the weight that a senior pastor carries? Which, by the way, in the New Testament, if you look in the New Testament, what you get is you get what I shared with you this morning. The elders lead the church, but the function inside of that changes by the local body. Like, like there's nowhere where you'll see that, that, that within scripture that you have to do the function part the same. And what I'm talking about now is I'm talking about the function part. Um, and within that, then we started to go, okay, what, what does a senior pastor carry? Well, they carry, they carry the vision for the whole church. Um, they carry the, 
the shepherding, the care. Um, the, the, the role of making sure that each person is cared for. Remember, that, that goes back to what Peter left for elders, that you would take care of God's people. And, and so traditionally, that falls on a senior pastor, and he has the weight of going, is everybody cared for? Um, you, you have, along with that, you have someone who, as we all know, <clears throat> excuse me, too well, that when... When the tragedy of the 19 hit our community, that having someone who was the face that was the heart of us outward was extremely important. And so the idea that that person would carry the weight of um, being the face to the, to the community. We, we talked about the idea that in, a, um, in an organization, in a church setting like we have, there is a day-to-day operations. Meaning, if you run a ministry and you schedule a room... There is a system in place that carries all that out. There are day-to-day things. They're making sure the lights are on. There's, there's all kinds of things to make sure that what we do actually functions. Those are the day-to-day um, operation ideas. We, we, we talked about um, that all of this needs to be connected. And, and the connectivity of that is that it's relational. It, that, that there are relationships that this whole thing is held together by from a leadership perspective that traditionally that falls on um, a lead pastor and that's that's a weight that they carry there's also the idea of dna that that if we're going to know if we're going to move to other spaces we better know who we are and so that traditionally falls on a lead pastor and they need to know the dna and and push that out into the community and make sure we stay true to who we are in this whole process of growth and then on top of that you have if you're going to have a vision then you need to have implementation so how does the vision get into every area? You have to implement it into every area. And so, so the idea of looking at this list, and then on top of that, you've got what we call weekends here at Heights. Um, we have a little, that's how I feel about weekends, not going to lie. Um, no, but we, we, have, we have gatherings. We have gatherings on weekends, and they're, they're, they're really, to, to make this happen the way we do, um, there's a lot that goes into visioning that out and, and what that looks like and, and for somebody to carry that, which again traditionally falls on, on a senior pastor. And so we began to talk about the, this idea of head, hands, heart, and then ligaments that hold it all together. And, and as we began to talk in that respect, we started to go, okay, what, what, if, what if this was a four-person um, group that we're, we're calling lead team? What if that lead team was leading this out? What if they took the roles and each of them carry a specific part of that role so that we don't burn, one, burn anybody out, but two, that we can do this in a way that if, church, if we're really going to expand and grow, then we have to be fluid in how we're set up from a leadership structure. And, and so we started to look at, okay, what if it's a four, what if it's a, a team of four that are carrying specific areas of the church and moving it forward? And so we, we started to talk. I, I don't know that I need to explain it, but I will that this one is Ron all day long. Ron is a shepherd. He, he, is, he is by nature. He is by the way that God has put that man together. He is 100% shepherd. He would, he would care for you before he cares for himself. Um, he's also the face to the community of Heights. 
That when you see Ron out of here, when Ron shows up to a function that you're at, and, and it's, it's Pastor Ron, right? And what you get from Ron is you get the heart of who we are. He leads extremely well in showing you who we are and what we're about. I want to kill the myth right now because I didn't say it earlier. Um, there is some stuff flying around our community that Heights Church um, is lacking leadership and we're looking for a senior pastor. I want to kill that right now. We are not looking for a senior pastor. We have four lead pastors. So when people go, wow, you guys don't have a lead pastor. Yeah, we do. We have four, right? And then I'll sit there and look at you like, how does that work? And you're like, come see, come see, right? Um, relationships. I don't know if you've met Pastor Bob or not. You guys should cheer. He's in this service. You should cheer. Um, and I'm not just saying this because he's in here. Um, but that man is wired by God for relationships. He is connected to more people. And so from a leadership team going, Bob, you, you are the connectivity to many, many life group leaders and many, many people at Heights. And so Bob is feeling that. Um, Pastor Bill, who was on stage um, doing, doing the, the announcement part today. Um, Pastor Bill is our executive pastor. Um, he is, he is... Um, the guy that does our day-to-day. He is the guy that when we have crazy dreams, like, yeah, let's, let's go do something in Flagstaff. He's the guy that goes, okay, let me figure out how we're going to do that. Um, I think he gets nervous every time I look at him and go, uh, I have an idea. Um, and, then, and then for me, it's just the way I'm wired. Um, I, I love to dream. And so vision and, and that whole side and weekend experience, and it, it's just who God made me to be. A um, couple of things with this. Some of you may go, where's Pastor Mike? Pastor Mike is not leaving. <laughs> Pastor Mike is going to do what Pastor Mike has always done. Um, Pastor Mike is a shepherd. And so when you go to the four-man team, we really felt like five, you start hitting five and it creates all kinds of different situations. So um, as, as we looked at this, we went, no, we got to keep it at four. Well, obviously, Pastor Mike is a shepherd. Um, you look up shepherd in the dictionary, you're going to find Pastor Mike, I guarantee you. Um, he is that guy. And, and so Pastor Mike and I talked and just said, hey, Pastor Mike, it came down to um, Ron and you. And he goes, no, 100%, it needs to be Ron. Like, like, so Pastor Mike hasn't been left out. He's on other teams. He's still leading. He's still a part of the leadership. He's still an elder, by the way. All pastors at Heights are elders. And so that elder team is made up of, of lay, what we call lay elders, which are just people, people from out in our, in our family. And then there's also the staff elders, which are your, your pastors, and they make up that team. Um, Pastor Mike sits on that. And, and so, so this was by no way like, see you later, Pastor Mike. Um, second thing. Second thing that I, I need to communicate really well, um, Ron is still teaching. That has not changed. Functionally, you won't notice anything different on a weekend side. It just may mean that when you go to, when you go to Pastor Ron and, and you ask him something that he has to tell you, which it's going to be a growing experience for all of us on that lead team, hey, that's not my area. You really need to go talk to. And, and so if you get that, just know that's not him not wanting to talk to you or me or anybody else. Like that's just us trying to function within our roles that, that we believe this is, this is what God's asking us to carry. Uh, I want to be super, super clear. 
Okay, because you might have hit that mid-slump, you know that mid-slump in sermons where you kind of get glazed, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I get it. Um, and now you're coming back out because you're going, the clock's red, he should be done soon. Um, I want to be real, real clear. Pastor Ron is coming back March the 5th is his first day back. He is not leaving. I want to be real clear. We have four lead pastors that we are calling lead team. Okay. So we, we have plenty of leadership going on. This is not, we're lacking for leadership. Um, we believe that the season that God is calling us into as a church is it's a season of growth. And as a season of growth, we need to broaden the shoulders to carry the load. That's all we're doing. And so functionally, while internally, you're going to see a bunch change from this experience. You're not going to see a whole lot. Um, you may get personal change that if you go and you've always talked to that person about that and they go, well, you need to go talk to that person. That, that's the only change that you're probably going to experience um, on, a, on a major scale. So um, that is going on. Before we close, uh, I would like to invite the elders to come on down. Um, not everybody could be here tonight from the elders. There's a lot more. Um, there's how many is there total? I forget it. A bunch. A bunch. There we go. It, it, but, um, God gave me a picture this week of what's happening. And I think it's a, it's a clear way to end it. Um, Jesus is still the senior pastor of the church. He always has been. He always will be. Um, second, you, the elders are still here. Some of these men have been at this church a long time and have served faithfully. Um, the elders are still in place. The elders have not changed. The staff has not changed. The pastors have not changed. Um, the, the reason for stating that is because what you heard today it's just a function change within the leadership of the church. But we, we just want to be honest and open and real to go, this, this is how we're moving forward. You may see slight changes in that you go to one of the lead members. For example, if you go to Bill and you have a question about vision, he may look at you and go, you know what? You need to go talk to John about that because John's handling that. Or you may go to Pastor Ron and have a question about something and he goes, you know what? I'm not, I'm not carrying that anymore. You need to go and talk to Bob about that. And so, so you need to be just, just be patient with us in that journey as we walk through. It doesn't mean we don't want to talk to you or don't like you. or It just means that we're trying to carry what God has asked us to carry for this season. And so functionally, everything, for the most part, you'll see will be the same. Um, Robert, would you mind praying over us to, to close out? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you that you have decided to adopt us as your children, that we could be part of your family, and that you have allowed us to be part of your story on this earth. And as a family, I pray that we would follow Jesus, follow him in his willingness to give of himself, to empty himself, and that we would love one another and serve one another gladly. Thank you for giving us your spirit to empower us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. We know we can't do it on our own strength. Thank you for directing us, for giving us wisdom as we ask you for it. And thank you that we can be your children. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.